Hello and welcome to episode 28 of Spooky Girls, the podcast where we explore all sorts of real-life paranormal and creepy occurrences, from ghost sightings and hauntings, to reported alien and cryptid encounters, myths, folklore, legends and more. Every week we cover a different true spooky story. We're your hosts, I'm Katrina. And I am Jasmine. Good evening from Hong Kong. Good yes. morning from the UK. How are oh, you, Oh, it looks lovely Jasmine? and bright. I'm very well, thank you. I can already see that spring has sprung in the UK because you have actual daylight in your room yeah, when we're, it's when so we're talking nice. like this. Yes, it looks beautiful. How are you enjoying your Easter break then? Yeah, it's been, it's been fine. Just <laughs> catching up on all of the, the shit that I need to do. And all of the sleep. Yeah, yes. I also love sleep. Good. Okay, good. I'm very glad to hear. Yay. I've had quite a normal day. Work is very boring these days. Um, so I pretty much just sit there and try to not twiddle my thumbs too much. The, the trick is to look just busy enough that nobody questions whether or not I'm doing anything, <laughs> right? Like, it's a skill. Yeah. You have to have the right amount of pensivity on your face and the right amount of keyboard clacking. Otherwise, you look either too happy and exuberant, you don't want that, or you look like you're doing nothing. So, good mix. <laughs> so, yes. Well, whenever you are ready, please tell me about this week's story. Okay, so this week's story is about the Kersey time slip. Never heard of her. Well, it's a little village in Suffolk, England. So while I was writing this episode, um, I then started listening to one of my favourite podcasts, and I know that a lot of people listen to them, which is Real Life Ghost Stories, and their newest episode is also on time slips. So I was like, Ooh. oh no, they're going to think that I copied. But actually they didn't mention this. Um, okay. And also I think I think it's just that kind, that it's, it's just that strange time in the world where everyone wishes for a time slip yeah. or they hope that this is a current time slip. Yeah, so. maybe. So they actually mentioned um, quite a bit about Liverpool because <gasps> of um, Bold Street is like the most like active area in probably the UK for time slips apparently um so if you want to I learn mean, about I mean I slipped on Bold Street but because I was drunk but I mean... <laughs> <Same>. um <laughs> we all have who hasn't so yeah if you want to if you want to learn about that stuff go listen to real echo stories um but this is just about this one occurrence in um in Kersey. I'm also very sorry if I sound um, like I have a cold today because I think my allergies have started with how beautiful and sunny it is. Mm, that goddamn pollen. So my sources for this were smithsonianmagazine.com um, which their article was amazing and I think most of this information is from that eadt.co.uk which is the East Anglia Daily Times edp24.co.uk which is the Eastern Daily Press 24 medium.com 
paranormalscholar.com, anomaalien.com, and space.com. That's a fuck ton of sources, Cassie. <laughs> I usually use like three. Jesus. Beautiful. It was a bright, clear autumn morning in October 1957 when three 15-year-old British Royal Navy cadets, William Lang, Michael Crowley and Ray Baker, set off across the rural Suffolk countryside on what should have been a routine map-reading exercise. As they searched for the waypoint, the description of which they needed to find before they could return to base camp so their superiors knew they had actually completed the exercise, they came across the picturesque village of Kersey. Approaching the village, they noticed smoke rising from the chimneys, as well as the church tower visible above the rest of the buildings, the bells of which were ringing to denote the start of their Sunday service. Continuing further towards Kersey, the three began to feel increasingly uneasy, and when they actually reached the village, they realised that part of that uneasiness was due to the fact that it was unnaturally quiet. The church bells had ceased ringing, the birds were silent, and the breeze that had been rustling through the trees had suddenly stopped. In fact, there seemed to be no movement or sound within the village at all, and it was almost entirely devoid of life, the only living creatures they could see being a group of ducks huddled close to a nearby stream. But even they appeared strange and unnatural, as they were frozen in place. There were a number of other bizarre things about the scene. Everything appeared flat and two-dimensional, as if it wasn't quite real. The golden, autumnal leaves of the trees had been replaced with vibrant green foliage of springtime or summer, and they could no longer see the smoking chimneys or church tower which had been there only moments ago. Perhaps the strangest thing of all was just how old the village seemed. The houses were all rough, timber-framed, hand-built structures, appearing almost medieval, and there were absolutely no signs of modern life. No cars parked on the street, no street lights, no power lines or phone lines. All things which even the remotest British hamlet would have had some of by 1957. Unnerved, but also intrigued, the three boys walked up to the nearest building and pressed their faces against a grimy window to peer inside. But what they saw was something far more disturbing than any of them had anticipated. There was no furniture in the room, just two or three whole, skinned, oxen carcasses hanging from hooks attached to the ceiling, which had rotted to the point where they had become green with mould. The boys were disgusted, and assumed the building had been some sort of butcher's shop which had been abandoned for some time, but that didn't explain why the carcasses had just been left there to decay. They decided to peer in through the window of the next building, which also had no furniture and appeared to be uninhabited. 
And all the while, the boys still hadn't seen any other people or signs of life. As one of the boys, William Lang, later said, It was a ghost village, so to speak. It was almost as if we had walked back in time. I experienced an overwhelming feeling of sadness and depression in Kersey, but also a feeling of unfriendliness and unseen watchers, which sent shivers up one's back. I wondered if we'd knocked at a door to ask a question, who might have answered? It doesn't bear thinking about. Now at the point of being thoroughly creeped out, they all agreed that it was time to leave, and they hurried out of the strange village and began the trek back to their base camp. It was only then, after crossing the boundary of the village, that they suddenly began to hear the church bells ringing once more, and as they glanced back, they could see the missing smoking chimneys and church tower, which had seemingly disappeared when they were actually in the village. This alarmed them so much that they quickly began running, wanting to put as much distance as possible between themselves and the strange village, and to shake off the weird, unsettling feeling that they all still had. The boys eventually put the experience behind them, and it wasn't until the late 1980s when William Lang and Michael Crowley, both of whom were living in Australia at the time, began discussing the incident again. They both agreed that they still felt troubled by the experience, and believed that something truly unusual had occurred. This conversation finally prompted William to contact a specialist in the area, author and leading member of the Society for Psychical Research, Andrew Mackenzie. Mackenzie was intrigued by William's story, and after extensive research, he became convinced that he knew exactly what the three boys had experienced on that autumn day in 1957. A time slip. Mackenzie revealed that he had uncovered quite a significant amount of evidence to support his belief that it had indeed been a time slip. And he even featured the case as the lead one in his book about the phenomenon, called Adventures in Time, which was published in 1997. This evidence included the fact that the building in which the boys had seen the rotting carcasses was a private residence in 1957, but had been registered as a butcher's shop from 1790 to 1905, and could possibly have been associated with the trade for centuries before that. The thing that convinced Mackenzie the most that the boys really had experienced a time slip was the fact that they claimed to have no longer been able to see the prominent church tower of St Mary's, which had been the principal landmark of the village since its construction in the 14th century, and is readily visible from all the main streets. The tower of the church, which includes the bells, however, was not completed until 1481, as construction had been halted in 1348 or 9, when Kersey, much like the rest of the country and Europe, was being ravaged by the Black Death. If the boys had visited the village around this time period, 
It would explain why they could no longer hear the church bells or see the tower. And since the Black Death had killed half the population, and left the remainder secluded in fear, it might also help explain why the village was so oppressively quiet. In addition, as the boys had recalled some of the buildings having small glazed windows, something which was rare in the Middle Ages, as glass panes were very expensive, this suggested that there was a degree of opulence in the village at this time. And indeed, Kersey had begun to become wealthy in the 1420s due to the area's thriving wool industry. As such, with this evidence, Mackenzie believed that he had pinpointed the period of the time slip to around the early or mid 1400s, when the church's tower had not yet been built and the population was still recovering from their losses during the plague but the village had also begun to benefit from the money it was making in the wool trade. There was also a plague in 1420, um, so it may very well have been that people just fled the village and that's why the oxen carcasses were just left. Yeah, or maybe the guy who was the butcher died. Maybe. But as we said, there were there were recurrences of plagues like every ten years. All the time, but like, well, oh well. And there were also different kinds of plague. Yes, you know, you had abortive plague, bubonic plague, pneumatic plague. I think only pneumatic plague was was transmissible between humans. Bubonic was only through rats, and through contact with the pus if you ingested it. Other ones weren't actually infective between people. Lovely. The more you know. How do you even know that? Because, because I, I've, so I actually wrote this down. Um, mm. So Yersinia pestis is my favorite bacteria. It's my favorite one. And I have, yes, I do have favorite bacterium. Okay. It's one of my favorite ones. Um, and um, so I, I fell into like a Wikipedia hole about it, like on the topic of the plague, like years ago, before COVID actually. And I just acquired all of this useless knowledge about the specific bacterium and all the different kinds of plagues that it caused. Um, so yeah, you're welcome, guys. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> no problem. I love you. <laughs> Despite this apparent evidence, and the fact that it would have been almost impossible for the boys to have had the in-depth knowledge of Kersey's history necessary to have convincingly fabricated their story, there have still been many sceptics who have criticised both the boys' original accounts of their experience, as well as any claims that something paranormal had occurred. In particular, there are certain elements of Mackenzie's supposed evidence that the boys really had travelled to medieval Kersey, which have been refuted by critics. For example, while Kersey may have had a butcher's shop in the 1400s, it would have been highly unlikely, as meat was such a luxury product, and so rarely eaten, that it was primarily sold in larger towns or by visiting weekly markets, and was eaten immediately as there was no way to keep it fresh. 
In a similar vein, and as previously mentioned, glass was also very rare and expensive during the period, and while it's certainly possible that the residents of Kersey may have been wealthy enough to afford windows, this supposed wealth doesn't tally with the claim that the houses were completely devoid of furniture. These sceptics had some much more boring and mundane explanations as to what had really happened to the three boys all those years ago, none of which involved a time slip or anything else paranormal. The most notable, and indeed likely, explanation for the ancient, otherworldly, medieval-looking village is simply that Kersey is an ancient, otherworldly, medieval-looking village, with a history dating back to at least 900, and a large number of buildings which are actually from the medieval period. There is also a good reason for why the boys couldn't see any power or phone lines, as the village had not actually been hooked up to the mains until the early 1950s, and even then, the Suffolk Preservation Society had only agreed to it as long as the cables were hidden underground and behind the houses, in order to ensure that the old world feel of the village wasn't disturbed. So basically, Kersey is the exact sort of location that might seem out of place, unreal or unsettling to someone seeing it for the first time and it is possible that the sheer age and appearance of the village played into the overactive imagination of the three boys to convince them that they had experienced something otherworldly. It was also a Sunday morning when the boys entered the village, meaning that the local residents would have most likely been at home or church, which may account for why the streets were so silent and deserted. Another potential explanation for the boys' experience is derealization, a psychological phenomena in which the real world feels unreal or artificial. It can cause your surroundings to appear distorted, blurry, colourless or two-dimensional, and you may feel detached from reality and like you're in a dream. Some crucial elements of the boys' story the silence, the lack of life and depth in their surroundings, are highly indicative of this disorder. However, in this case, derealization is admittedly extremely unlikely, as it is mostly caused by severe trauma or stress, drug abuse, seizures, schizophrenia and other dissociative disorders none of which seemingly apply to the cadets. It would also be incredibly unlikely for it to occur to multiple people at the same time, never mind for no apparent reason. But there have been recorded cases of shared delusions, so this can't necessarily be ruled out. Especially since they've been wandering around the woods by themselves, getting more and more confused and disoriented. Mm. Probably didn't drink enough water because no one drank water back then. Only milk. <laughs> in the post-war m- days, <laughs> no one drank water. They only had powdered milk mm. and um, nothing else. 
Although these explanations may be very convincing in their ability to account for why Kersey may have appeared so strange and unreal to the boys, there are a number of things which are still unexplainable. This includes how they could have seen the carcasses hanging in the old butcher's shop, which had ceased trade by 1905 and was a private home in 1957, as well as why both it and the other building they looked into had absolutely no furniture. This, coupled with the sudden, eerie silence and the way the entire village seemed to be frozen in time, does make it understandable for how someone could believe that the boys really did experience something bizarre and unnatural when they entered Kersey that day. So, now, this is a bit unusual, but I want to discuss the actual possibility of time travel. Okay. And I'm very, very sorry to scientists if I got any of this wrong, but I used all what the internet had to offer, and it was still very confusing. She means that we use Doctor Who and Torchwood. (laughs) (laughs) That's the only thing. While you might not believe in time slips or the possibility of time travel in general, thinking it ridiculous and absurd, there is actually scientific evidence to support its existence. Most people tend to think of time as a constant, linear thing, but Albert Einstein's most famous theory shows how time is actually relative, that it can vary for different observers depending on gravity and the speed at which they're travelling through space. This has been proven with GPS satellite technology, as the effects of gravity as well as the satellite's increased speed above the Earth relative to the Earth's surface, makes the unadjusted clocks on board gain 38 microseconds a day. This effect, known as time dilation, means that astronauts are technically time travellers, as they return to Earth ever so slightly younger than they otherwise would have been if they'd never gone into space. In addition, Einstein's equations also provide for wormholes between two points in space-time, but these haven't actually been observed by scientists yet, and they would probably collapse very quickly and only be suitable for very small particles to pass through. This may not seem very impressive in comparison to what we think of as time travel, but it does prove that time isn't a concrete thing, and that there is still so much more about it that we don't fully understand. And so, given that time travel may very well be possible, who's to say the same isn't true about time slips? So what are your thoughts, Jasmine? Well, um... I think I said most of them. I interrupted you a lot this time. I'm very sorry. Um, but I think, in my opinion, um, so yeah, I was saying right about so t- time travel. I've always thought is kind of must be real in a way because if if you think about it, technically I'm living in the future, right, and you're living in the past because time is relative to each person insofar that we literally created it for ourselves human beings mm-hmm. created structures of time in in order to, to like plan our lives and organize shit 
so yeah time travel is definitely possible i think because mm. time itself is malleable and time itself is a creation it really messes with my brain (laughs) i love this shit so much like you would you would love uh, um in interstellar like this is what like they go to outer space they go through a wormhole and they can't get back but like in this alternate well it's not even alternate universe it's just the other side of the universe which is like always expanding and they go to a planet where like one minute on that planet is like six years in the real like in in earth so when they get back to earth it's been like it's been like like 80 or odd years or 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 something and his daughter is now an old lady who's dying it's crazy crazy film but all of it is based on real theories oh that scares me so much see that even just that little bit about the fact that people can age slower in space terribly gave me an existential crisis but yeah that was a really cool story never heard of it never heard of it yeah i think it could be possible hell yeah i mean i also do think that like a bunch of boys out in the woods in the 50s probably been smoking a bit of pot um, <laughs> no and, they were and royal navy cadets navy cadets can smoke weed i've yeah, met many not. many many like like you know um, navy dudes in hong kong <laughs> maybe they did maybe they did i don't know i'm i'm always inclined to think about some kind of drug interaction (laughs) when it comes to these things Mm. yeah because people are very like they're very susceptible when they're on drugs you can Mm. say like wow you're turning purple and they will really think they're turning purple i do not know this by personal experience (laughs) just put a disclaimer i've just read it online um but yeah i mean (laughs) so yeah very very cool Mm. very cool stuff now I want to rewatch a bunch of space films. <laughs> I am, um, I am inclined to believe that the village was probably just really quiet and looks really old. <laughs> like it's used as a filming location for films that are set in the medieval period. So, and there are loads. There are loads of films in the UK. Really, much. there are so many towns which yeah, haven't changed. But that's much. another thing: is that. In the UK, we're used to really old buildings. Mm, so again, yeah. that's like a, com- a complete counter-argument. As if mm. I saw a Tudor building, I'd just be like, oh, it's an old building. Oh my God! Ah, where was Henry VIII? Ah. <laughs> yeah, like, you know, people, like, we're not dumb. Um, yeah. But I think it's interesting. And I feel like the sensation of like things being still and creepy is because you're all alone in a random village that you've never mm. been to before. Of course yeah, you feel a bit true. creeped out. I would too. Yeah. You know? Like, there's a reason why films like House of Wax are scary. This idea of like an abandoned town, there's something so unnatural yeah. about things being left like as they were, as if someone just left, you know? There's something very unnerving about the lack of people in a space in like a domestic setting Mm -hmm. um so like that's very unnerving in itself yeah but yeah we we get really creeped out by just things that our brain thinks of as unnatural like i remember um when i did overtime and work where i used to work because netflix were filming Ooh, that's cool um and they had all of the extras in the cafe, but the extras had to be completely silent when other things were being filmed, obviously. So it was so, so creepy to see this cafe, which 
I'd seen, you know, hundreds of times before, yeah. filled with people who were completely silent. Yeah. And it just seriously yeah. freaks me out. It gives you the works. That's why people are scared of, like, um, marionettes and stuff, mm. like dolls, you know, these things which have human likeness but no humanity. Yeah. This, this, this kind of, like, um, uneasy feeling that you get from knowing deep down that what you're looking at is not right yeah. <laughs> you know so yeah i do think that it was just a really old village that mm. creeped these poor children out but that's entirely up to you all do you think it was really a time let's slip know. have you ever been in a time slip oh yeah have you ever been let in us a time know slip? let's do the time slip again <laughs> <laughs> But yes, um, thank you all so much for joining us. Thank you, guys. Thank you very much yet again. Please let us know. Um, leave a comment, whatever the hell you want to do. Um, we're also about to record a Patreon episode if you want to go check that yeah. out. It's going to be pretty cool. Um, slightly related to this in a strange way. Oh, what's it about? Um, so it is about uh, a psychiatric disorder which leaves the sufferer inclined to believe that he or she is dead um, Ooh. yes it's so cool don't google it go to patreon now and listen <laughs> yes how dare you um, so thank you all so much for joining us thank you we hope to have you back for next week's episode if you want to get in touch for any reason just to say hello or to send us a story of your own true paranormal or spooky experience, please email us at spookygirlspodcasts at gmail.com and also make sure to like and follow our Spooky Girls Facebook page as well as subscribe to our YouTube channel. You can also check us out on Twitter at SpookyGirlsPod and on Instagram at SpookyGirlsPodcast. If you want to support us further, then you can become a patron by going to patreon.com slash spookygirls. And from as little as $2 a month, you gain access to bonus episodes and other awesome content that we have planned for the future. Thank you all so much, and we'll see you all next time. Stay spooky. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.